Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.living. When that negative phone call comes, when that news report comes, you just need to drown that out with the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And God's going to turn what was meant for evil. He's going to turn it around for your good. Do you believe that tonight? He's going to turn it around. Isn't that just like God? What was meant to be the greatest destruction of a, of a race of people, God turned it into a feast. It was meant to wipe out every Israelite, and God said, you know what, I'm going to turn it into a party. Come on, what kind of God do you serve that can take the very thing that was meant to destroy you and turn it into a party? Some of you shouldn't be here tonight, but here you are celebrating the goodness of God. You shouldn't even be here tonight, but here we are tonight having a feast in the presence of God, celebrating the goodness of God, celebrating the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I told Brother Bounds, I told him I want him to do right now whatever he would do at home. I know he's got a word to preach. And if he feels like preaching, I want him to preach. If he wants to pray, I want him to pray. If he wants to sing, he can sing. If he wants to say you're dismissed, whatever he would do at home. I wanted to be at liberty. How many of you are all right with that? Amen. What a word he brought to us this morning. Amen. Brother Bounds, we want you to come. Let's give Brother and Sister Bounds a hand clap. We're so glad to have them, honored to have them here with us. Would you do me a favor? Stretch out your hands right now. I want us to pray together for Cross Church in Parkersburg, West Virginia. When I tell you this man is at the gates of hell, I'm telling you that city has declared themselves to be a vile city, right? They, they've said that they want the most vile lifestyles to be celebrated in that city, and there's a man that is standing in the gap for heroin addicts and, and meth addicts and the homeless people in that city. And you, when you walk into that church, you don't have to wonder what kind of church they are. They're, they're a church that is reaching people and restoring them. And I want us, this church right now, to pray over this pastor that God would give them the keys to that city, that God would give them the keys to Parkersburg, West Virginia, that he would give them a revival that not even the devil saw coming, that he would give them a revival that this pastor couldn't have even dreamed would happen. Hallelujah, that God is going to raise up leaders around him that are going to hold up his arms until the victory comes so that they can have the victory. That he's going to strengthen him. That he's going to strengthen his wife. That he's going to strengthen the leadership of this congregation. And see, in the name of Jesus, God, we speak revival in the Parkersburg, West Virginia. Lord, let the Cross Church be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Yes, Lord, I pray strength in Jesus' name. I pray a breakthrough in Jesus' name. I pray financial miracles in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, I pray building facility miracles in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you all to believe with me that God's going to give this pastor a $100,000 miracle. 
All right. Hey, Brother, Brother Huntley preached at Mark Conference. He preached the audacity to ask. And he said he prayed for years that God would give him five acres, and God gave him five acres. And now they're landlocked because he didn't ask for 40 acres. So let me, re let me rearrange that. Let's pray that God would give this pastor an a million-dollar miracle. I don't want to ask too small. God, give them all the resources that they need to reach their city. God, give them a building bigger than what they could ever think or ask for. God, give it to them so they can reach their city in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Bounds. I love you. Take your liberty, all right? Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Well, I was going to ask what you wanted to do, and you're already going to your seats to hear preaching. I feel Jesus in this house today. Praise the Lord. Why don't we lift our hands all over the building one more time and just love on the Lord. Could we do that? Could you lift your voices with your faith all over this house? Father, we love you. We love you, God. We love your church that you paid for. We love you so much, Jesus. We love you so much, Jesus. Praise the Lord. It is such an honor to be a living hope. Pastor Jason State and his wife Valerie, such precious people, your family. You're a blessed man. You're a blessed people to have such a great family leading you. And I give honor to you, the church. I've watched you. There's no cliques here that I can see. I'm from without. But what I see tonight is people that love one another. How can you tell you're my disciples, the Bible says, that they have a love for one another and you people love one another. And I'm so thankful to be here. I'm a better man because I've been here this weekend. Give honor to my precious wife for putting up with me. I love Joan so much. And uh, just give honor to everyone. And give honor to my family, Josh and Jessica Johnson. Love them so much. Jessica's such a dear friend. Josh's family been a friend. Her daddy's been like one of my best friends over the years. He's my uncle. And uh, give honor to them today. Brother Mark Crowder, what a powerful man of God. I believe we're going to have a lasting friendship. Can't wait to meet your family. It does get on my nerves that he sings so effortlessly. He just sings. It just comes out powerful. And he just standing there. My God in heaven. Praise the Lord. If you could grab your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John chapter 19. I know the time, but it's Sunday night. And for the next three and a half hours. If you could just give me a few minutes tonight to preach a burden that God has laid on my heart for this church. You will hear who I am tonight by the time I leave this pulpit. The Gospel of John chapter 19 and verse 38. Let's read it together as is a custom across church. If we could read it together, 19 and verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and he, say it with me, took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came by Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body, took they the body 
They took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. If you allow me for a few moments to preach a burden on your heart, I want to preach on this subject, what about the body? What about the body? I know you love Jesus, but what about his body? If you could lay your Bibles down for a moment and lift your hands and let's pray. Could you take a moment? I feel the burden of the Lord in this house. I want you to lift your voices with your faith all over this building. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is here. I pray you would anoint me to preach one more time. God, I pray you would touch every individual in this house tonight. In your precious name we pray. In Jesus' name, before you're seated, look at at least three people and say, what about the body? And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Hebrews 9 and 1 says, Then verily... The first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid around about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of covenant. And in over the cherubims of the glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. The writer's object did not require him to go into a fuller explanation. But if I could just take a moment to explain what he was writing in Hebrews. The tabernacle, although Christ be but one, yet he is understood by us under a variety of forms. He is the tabernacle on the account of the human body in which he dwelt. He is the table because he is our bread of life. He is the ark which has the law of God enclosed within because he is the word of the Father. Can I tell you? He is the candlestick because he is our spiritual light. He is the altar of incense because he is the sweet-smelling odor of sanctification. He is the altar of burnt offering because he is the victim by death on the cross for the sins of the whole world. What he was saying was, Jesus is in this book. Does anybody love Jesus today? I come to preach to you just for the next few moments about how great Jesus is. Jesus is everything 
to me. Jesus is altogether lovely. He saves us and keeps us by his power from sin and death. He has given us his robe of righteousness. He extends his mercy, long-suffering, loving kindness, tenderness, healing, and compassion. He is our shield. Anybody believe that? He is our defender. He is our rock, our hiding place. He's our provider. He's my counselor. He's our great shepherd. He's my friend who is closer than a brother. He is our love. He is the husbandman. He is the source of all blessing. Anybody believe that right now? Jesus restores, he rescues, he forgives, and he redeems, and then he forgives, and he redeems, and Jesus bought us with his blood. Anybody love Jesus today? Jesus is our victor. He is our captain of hosts. He is our banner. He is our standard. He is mighty in battle. I'm still talking about Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is crowned with glory and honor. He is my Savior, my sanctifier, my redeemer. He's merciful and he's a faithful high priest. I'm still talking about Jesus. I feel like shouting right now. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He was dead, but now he's alive forevermore. Jesus destroyed death and led captivity captive. He is the great apostle of our faith. He is the supreme sacrifice, the spotless, and he's the blameless lamb. He is my anchor. He's my strong tower. He's my shield of my faith. He's our defender, the ancient of days. He is the forerunner, the firstborn among many brethren. He's the surety of a better testament. And he comes from an unchangeable priesthood. Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. His presence doesn't cast any shadow because he is the light of lights. He is the heavenly city. Can I tell you, he's the light of the world and he's the giver of my life. But the Bible said he's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. Any shouters in the building right now, he's the treasure. He's the pearl of great price. He's more precious than finest gold. He's the eternal intercessor. He is holy, harmless, undefiled. He's separate from sinners. I'm talking about Jesus. He is the tree of life. He is consecrated forever and makes us sanctified forever by his blood. He is the minister, the Bible says, of the sanctuary. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He is the high priest of good things to come. Oh, but can I tell you, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's a new and he's a living way. But I come to tell you, he was good for my daddy and my mama and my grandma and my grandpa. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I tell you, he was faithful to my mama, and he's faithful to me. I'm still talking about Jesus. 
He's the great shepherd of all sheep. He's the holder of the keys. He is the amen, and he is the final word, and he's the only one qualified to open the book. Can we just take a moment and shout about Jesus? There's nobody like Jesus. John 101 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14, and that Word became flesh, and it dwelt, it walked among us. This Word made flesh, but he was still the honey in the rock. He is high and lifted up. He's the lily in my valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. I'm still talking about Jesus. He's more precious than gold. He's the glory and the lifter of mine head. He's the righteous judge. He's the refuge for the oppressed. And he doesn't forget the cry of the humble when we pray. He is our portion like David. David said, and he's my inheritance. He hides us under the shadow of his wings and then keeps us as the apple of his eye. Jesus. And in the time of trouble, he's my high tower. He makes the hills shake. He makes the mountains melt and the heavens bow. He will light my candle because he is the light of life. And he is the branch and the root of Jesse. He is the great way maker. He is everything I need. If you don't know him today, I come to preach to you. You need to find him right now. That presence you feel is Jesus. He was the father in creation the Son and redemption and the Spirit in the church and you're wondering what you're feeling right here if you can feel something that's Jesus he's come to visit you tonight I like what the Bible said. He makes the crooked path straight. and the rough places he, he just makes smooth can I tell you Jesus He's the greatest teacher there ever was. He's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. And he preserves his church. He has his hand upon the church in his last day. He spoke and he framed the world with his words. He makes our ways perfect. We can't forget that we are still in the palm of his hand. Y'all still hear me? He is able to comfort and guide and bless us in our worst times. Why? God is with us. I watched some of you dance in this house tonight, but I guarantee you that dance didn't come easy because of what Jesus has brought you through. You can say, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I've just got to praise him. He makes us dance. He turns our mourning into dancing. Somebody say Jesus. His voice is so powerful. His voice is so powerful, yet he is so infinite and eternal and glorious to his church. His blood, oh my God, his blood covenant that we have with him through baptism is so powerful. But I want to tell you what, he's a covenant keeper with covenant breakers. I didn't want that to go over your head, so I'll say it again. I said he's a covenant keeper with covenant breakers. Have you ever made a promise to God and didn't keep it, but yet he's still with you? He's still walking with you. I'm so thankful he's a covenant keeper with covenant breakers. 
Can I talk about his blood for a few moments? Oh, I love the blood of Jesus. I believe it's flowing through this place tonight. I don't have much of a voice yet, but I love some of these old songs. What can wash away my sins? <laughs> Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain. No, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Come on, if you love Jesus, I want you to clap your hands all over this place. There is a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. At the name of Jesus, anything can happen. At the name of Jesus, cancer has to disappear. At the name of Jesus, depression has to leave. Anybody believe this? At the name of Jesus, you can be healed right now. At the name of Jesus, your addiction has to go. At the name of Jesus, your marriage can be put back together. Somebody shout Jesus as loud as you can. At the name. At the name of Jesus. Wherefore God has highly exalted him. And given him a name. Which is above. Oh I feel like shouting right now. My God, if I can get up here and preach, surely you can shout with me right now. I said he'd give him a name which was above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and in things in the earth and the things under the earth. He is the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And all rulers in every nation will bow to him. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. Old timers used to call it, I'm about to have a fit. I feel, I wish everybody under the sound of my voice right now would just throw down right now. I mean, if Jesus has ever done something for you, if God has ever blessed you, you ought to praise him with everything you got. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus in this house? Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We're thankful for where you brought us from. Oh, hallelujah. I'll give two or three people high five and say, I love Jesus. Come on, if you can't get excited about Jesus, your exciter's broke. My God, I feel like shouting right now. I got more to preach. I feel like preaching. I feel like shouting and dancing right now because he's been so good to me. I was lost and undone, but it was Jesus that saved me. I was lost, but he saved me. Oh, one more time, clap your hands to the Lord and say, I love you, Jesus. Woo. I was reading in Luke chapter 10. And he said, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up, tempted him, saying, 
Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, what is written in the law? What, what are you reading? How readest thou? And he answered and said, thou shalt love the Lord. Put it on the screen if you can, Luke 10 and 27. And he answered, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. With all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. That's a lot of love. I know you love Jesus. And Matthew 27 and 57 says, when the evening was come, Joseph went to Pilate and he begged for the body. In Mark's account, Joseph of Arimathea, it pins these words that he craved the body. Luke said he begged it, craved. Give me the body of Jesus. Can, can I have the body? Amazing to me that one man, after everything Jesus had done for three and a half years, only one begged for his body. I know you love Jesus, but do you love his body? It's easy to shout over Jesus. But only Joseph of Arimathea went and said, I crave to minister to the body when nobody's looking. I beg for the body. I beg. Give me the body of Jesus. A body that seems dead. It can't do nothing for you. It can't heal you. It can't give you money. It can't tell you to find a coin in a fish's mouth. It can't resurrect in a Lazarus. It lies there and he begs, craves for something that cannot help him. I know you love Jesus for the miracle, but will you beg, crave, ask for, let me minister to what can't give back to me? Come on, I just lost all my shouters, but I come to tell the church, uh, do you love Jesus? I know it. Uh, I know you prove that, uh, but do you love the body of Jesus? Matthew 25 says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungry, and he gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. I was naked, and you didn't give me a jacket. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't even come and visit me while I was there. 
And shall they answer them, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered or thirst and stranger naked in prison? He said, when you've done it unto the least of these. You've done it unto me. I preach to this church. I do not doubt your faith in Jesus. But I ask you, do you love his body? Do you minister to his body? I'm not come to preach condemnation. I come to preach faith, to encourage, to challenge you. I watched you. I already saw in a vision in prayer. You praying for one another in this prayer line. I watched you minister to each other and your needs. I watched it take place before you even did it. I know you love each other, but I challenge you to love somebody that don't look like you. I challenge you to go into the highways and hedges <laughs> and compel don't put it all in your pastor. I know I'm sounding like a pastor, but let me help somebody. I beg this church uh, to get a renewed revelation and hunger for somebody that don't know who Jesus is. Could you get a new burden to go find a soul and let them experience what you experience weekly? John 10 and 37 says, If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. I challenge us today. I want to love souls more than anything in this world. I preach in a few churches, and I know you do too. I know your heart for ministry and you love people. But I've been to some churches, and there wasn't a sign of a sinner in the building. Oh, God, you might want to be seated for a minute. I preached in a church north, south, east, and west of here, and it would have scared a sinner to death. If a sinner would have walked in the building, they'd be like, wow, I think I'll go to the club. They don't feel they can belong. They come in and they don't understand our cultures. They don't understand what we do. So the only way to make them feel apart is to go to their world first. They're not coming. But if some while we can get into the world and walk into where their needs are, go down, put on a ball cap, some cowboy boots, and walk down where they are and see what you can do to serve. Is anybody here what I'm preaching right now? I'm challenging you to start loving people. So find somebody that's lost and undone and love them. I'm not going to preach much longer. There was one day I was having, Pastor State, and I was having a bad pastor day. No, I mean like a, I know you've never had them here. you got good people. I had a phone call where a saint of God was screaming belligerently at me on the phone because I had failed them in some way or another. I was in a building program. There we go, oh, poor pastor. <clears throat> and uh, I, I had two leaky roofs. And I said, well... I am in one bad mood. I don't know how to fix a rubber roof, and I don't know how to fix the roof that's on our church, and all of them's leaking. I get up. I'm having a bad day. So I go to walk outside, and I look, and there's a man walking to me. 
And I felt this unction to pray for him or to witness to him. And I thought, I ain't in the mood today. Oh, don't look at me with your judgmental faces. Did you see all them faces? Look, you was ready to fire me and I don't even work for you. You should have seen the looks on y'all's faces. I was having such a bad day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, I just can't get over the look on your faces still. And I was headed to the truck. <laughs> and I was so, I was, did I tell you I was in a bad mood? I've got some, like, some type of roof ceiling in my hand. I'm like, I'm not even, it's raining. I'm trying to figure out how to get an umbrella and work on the roof in the rain. I don't know how I was going to do it. And all of a sudden, I said, you know what? What's your name? My name's David. Just stuck my hand out. It was this simple. I said, how are you doing? Just right behind me, right behind the church. I said, my name's David. He said, how are you doing? I said, doing good. I said, hey, would you like to see the church? He said, this is a church. He's got tats all over him, Buddha tattoo up on the side of his neck, tattoos all over his hand, tattoos on his face. I said, yeah, come on in, I'll show you. We started walking through the church. We got downstairs where my office is right outside. The Lord said, pray for him. Now, I don't do nothing without permission. I said, can I pray for you? He said, absolutely. When I began to pray for him, God began to move in such a powerful way. I, I can't, it's just, there weren't no organs going, no drums. It's just, he said, can we go upstairs and pray? I said, absolutely. We went upstairs, got down in front of the pulpit. He began to pray one of the most powerful prayers I've ever heard in my life. Began to repent. I took him and his girlfriend through the Bible study. I went home. You, this is the crazy thing about this. When you start doing the work of God, crazy stuff's going to start happening. He said, what are you doing with all this stuff? I said, well, my roof's leaking. He said, what type of roof? I said, it's a rubber roof. He said, I'm a commercial roofer. You got a carry in the back. I said, commercial roofer. He said, I got the stuff at the house. I'll fix it. He said, and so we went to his house. His girlfriend's like, he, she thought I was like with the mob or, or something. I don't know. She's looking at me like, who are you with now? He's a heroin addict. And... So he gets the stuff. He has it fixed in like 10 minutes. I do a Bible study with him. And in the middle of the Bible study, into his marvelous light, man, he's coming to the place of bad. He said, let's go get baptized right now. I mean, I don't need to hear the end of it. Let's do it now. I said, well, listen, man. I, wanna, I don't want to just take you swimming. You got to get married first. He said, all right, we'll go to the courthouse. He went to the courthouse, got married. We baptized them. They got the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to tell you, I see Brother Carrie in the back, back there, Natasha. They're from Cross Church. And they, they watched him come into the church. But I want to tell you something. God began to move in his life. I, I didn't realize he was a Buddhist. He'd been down on Point Park. Trying to find God. And all of a sudden... He's on a roof with a preacher. That's been five years ago. Listen to me. He's now my assistant pastor. He has won hundreds of people to God. 
His ears are still sagging down. I want to tell you something. There are hundreds of people. Our church literally, this morning, I think they baptized how many? Six, five, something like that this morning. I was getting reports in a year's time. Listen to me. There's only been over a year's time. There's only one service, one Sunday. We haven't baptized. We have baptized over 600 people in five years. I'm not saying that to brag. Every service, there's people walking in, and they. Some of our elders are a nervous wreck sometimes. We have got to get the mindset. They want what we got. It's shell shock. It's shell shock. I've got people in the front row. I know you're wondering how in the name of God. I've got people in the front row that used to shoot at each other. Tried to kill each other. And now they worship together. I... I, I look on a Sunday morning. It's so funny. I'm looking back, and there's a bell bondsman, a bell bondswoman, a bounty hunter, two deputy sheriffs, a city police officer, drug dealers, prisons with, prisoners with ankle bracelets on, people from six different recovery homes, and I'm looking around the building, and then there's people from the town that work for the town. There's leaders in the community, and they're all in one church worshiping together. Some of them don't have it down right. Some of them probably just come out of the club the night before. Some of them dancing a little, a little weird. With our, our camera people got to keep the cameras off certain people because they're getting jiggy with it on Sunday morning. When it shows up, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do when they start walking in because they found that you have what they've been looking for? i tell you what you're going to do. You're going to minister to the body. You're going to begin to love them because that's who God wants you to win. I've got more to say, but I wish we'd just receive what I just preached and take a moment and shout and say, I'm going to start ministering to people I don't know. I'm going to start ministering to people I don't understand their lifestyle. One of the number one things they say when they come through the door, Sister Natasha, you surprised me coming today. She's one of our head hostesses. She gets to see all that. One of the number one things they say, don't they, when they come through, I feel like I came home today. The question's how. How? You just love them. I was in my office. I hope I'm not taking too much time. I'm going to try to get to how in five minutes. I was sitting in my office. Brother Kerry was with me downstairs. I'm sure he's our chief of security. And I was in my office. And somebody came downstairs and said, Pastor, there is a man with an upside-down cross between his eyes. I said, great. I want to go. 
I ran upstairs. He's sitting on the front row. I went over to him. He was about where you was. I said, man, how are you doing? I'm so glad you're here today. I remember you in prison. I preached to him in prison. And he was trying to cause a fit in prison. He was a troublemaker, but I still treat him good. I said, man, I'm so glad you're here today. <laughs> Listen, when you're a Satanist, you come to an apostolic church, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> Dude was like, Sweetie's eye. First song, tears. Second song, crawling to the altar. We baptize him in Jesus' name. Listen, there was bubbles, and by the time he came out, he was speaking in tongues when he was underwater. <laughs> I don't I don't have time. I had another guy. I had another guy. He came in, they call him Wink. Brother Green was preaching for me, Evangelist Green. He said, close your eyes. Close your eyes, and God's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He said, I can't. I only got one eye. Brother Green prayed him through the Holy Ghost. I had a policeman from the, the deputy sheriff called. He said, my God, Pastor Bounce, did you baptize Roger? I said, yeah. He said, you know how many times I beat him up and put him in the back of my car? You know he's baptized with the Holy Ghost, shouts in our house, getting his marriage put back together, and now he's over the Red Cross in our, the Salvation Army in our city. Brings people every church service. <laughs> Folks, I could go for hours upon hours. David Bounds has not done this, but God has unlocked the door in our city because if he knows you'll love him, they're going to come. He's going to connect you. Five minutes. Oh, Mark. She said, tell you about I'm going to listen to the first lady. Mark was in prison. We started a prison ministry. It bothered me one time because we weren't in the prison. And I said, Lord, you open the door and I'll go. I started preaching in the prison. It started out, there was one knucklehead that I preached to. He was crazy. He thought we were aliens and all kinds of crazy stuff. They fought us. Next thing you know, we had baptized over 100 prisoners within three years. The last year, we baptized over 100 people before COVID. One of the guys was in there. He'd make fun of us all the time. His name was Mark Thompson. He'd make so much fun of us when we come in. He was dealing drugs in there. When he got out of prison, he relapsed. And he decided he'd go to a church. And he walked through the front door and he said, it's y'all? It went long. Mark Thompson repented of his sins, baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost. He's already preached three times last year. He's a part of a ministerial staff. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you. We're going to pray together here in a moment, but you've got to understand. He had such a mental condition. He was schizophrenic. He was so messed up mentally, bipolar, schizophrenic. He had a major mental condition. I know sure, surely people here know people that have deal with schizophrenia. They say there's no healing for it. That's a lie. 
Because when God filled him with the Holy Ghost, all that left. He's as normal. He just got married, got a beautiful wife, his blended family, and they're serving God. Need to understand the greatest need and the greatest revival are in our prisons, are where our homeless people are. They're in our recovery homes. If we'll go, God's going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. The greatest miracles I've ever seen have come out of the prisons. Some of my closest friends come out of prisons. I do not have a meeting at our church. Anybody know what that means? With the big book. See, y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. There's, oh God, there's communities that are gathering right now giving leads in this city. And there's hundreds of them. And they meet weekly and talk about how they're going to make it one more week. And now we have people that have come out of that. My assistant pastor's wife, AA kept her going. So we are affiliated with AA, NAHA, AAA, whatever. We're involved. I don't have one meeting at our church, but our people have infiltrated every church in our whole area. We have apostolics in every meeting in our city. In every service, they're walking in from recovery homes. <laughs> and they walk in broken. And they find Jesus. And they're being discipled. I didn't mean to preach this long. But church, I challenge you. Get involved in your city. The greatest thing you could ever do is find somebody that is hurting and pray for them. God's getting, there's about to be a move of the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I want everybody under the sound of my voice, if you feel a call to ministry, I want you to run up here. I want you to run. And if we got to move chairs back, we will. God is getting ready to impart. Come on, church, let's see it. Run, 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 run. I don't care if you've been in the church one day, God's getting ready to use you. There is getting ready to be miracles in this house. You feel that falling? No one's even have to pray over. You feel that? The burden of the Lord is falling on this church. Receive it in Jesus' name. The burden of the Lord is falling on you. I know you love your master. I know you love Jesus. Now God's going to allow you to minister to his body. That's it. That's it. That's it. God, give us a burden. God, give us the holy boldness to reach this city. God, give us holy boldness to reach this city. That's it. God's touching you right now. God's preparing you for the harvest. God's preparing you for ministry.
<laughs> Woo! Do it, God! <laughs> yes! Yendo Rabba Shatora Bahaya Yindi Yonko Noria Shatoma Sataya. God, I pray you send the angel of Cornelius into this city and prepare the harvest. Prepare the harvest. Prepare the harvest. We'll have your attention just a moment. I am, I am done. I apologize for preaching so long. I want to apologize for what I've said. <laughs> Since we broke into harvest, I've seen the blinded eyes open in Parkersburg. Deaf ears unstopped. I've seen cancers healed. So many miracles have taken place because the need is there. It's not that it only happens overseas. It's just it doesn't fill all of our buildings. The power's here. Where we have so many people to come that were heroin addicts and needles. Almost all of them are dealing with disease. We have girls that come, they almost look pregnant, but they're liver failure. And you'll see them, and you see them in the building. But one of the most powerful things I've seen is that they come and there's so many people with hep C. It's so bad. Listen, you got to hear me. They're dying. And they're still needling. But when they come to God and God delivers them, the addictions isn't there. But their body's rattled with disease. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them of all their diseases. He didn't say some. He said all. You know what I have seen in our church? Everybody that comes and commits to God from drug addiction and stays, 100% all are healed. When they go back... When they go back to the doctor, we just had another one the other day. She called. She said, Pastor, I went back to the doctor, and hepatitis C is gone. The doctor can't explain it. Anybody feel what I feel right now? That's a workings of miracles in this house right now. If you need a miracle, God is going to heal you now. If you need a miracle in your body, I want you to lift your hand. You need a miracle. Look at, look at all these needs. You need a miracle in your body. I want you to lift your hands and begin to say, I believe I'm going to be healed now. That the miracle working power of Jesus, I will be healed immediately. I want you to say it. You feel that? That's all you need to be healed. That is the presence of God. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. By the power of the name of Jesus, be healed now. 
Heart disease, be healed. Disease, leave their body now. Cancer, be healed now. Deaf ears, be unstopped in Jesus' name. Tumors, be disappeared in Jesus' name. Cancer, you have no place in this house. Depression, you have to leave now. You feel that? I want you to begin to thank him. You feel that presence of God? That's God healing your body. Fibromyalgia, you have no place here. Diabetes, you have no place here. If you feel like you've been healed, I want you to begin to praise him right now. I want you to begin to dance. If your back pain is gone, I want you to act like it. Come on, that's it. Somebody praise him. Yes, somebody praise him. God is healing his body. God is healing his body. I want us to do something. I want you to turn around to a few people and I want you to begin to lay hands on each other and pray for you. I want you to pray for them in Jesus' name with authority. Here it comes. Here it comes. You're ministered to the body. Drunk on the Holy Ghost tonight. Be healed in Jesus' name. If you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to lift your hands up. You're going to begin to speak with tongues now. Let God feel you with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.